0: Is the Zone Sports Network back to Joe, and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, oh, oh, Joe. and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Single bell, yeah. Joe Ingles Thunder. gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. Thunder. This is the Joe Ingles Show. <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97 5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: The Joe Engel Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to MountainlandSupply.com. Joe, good morning.
2: Good morning. Did it just say that you guys are the most listened to show in the last sports show in the last decade? Yep. I haven't been on for a decade.
1: Yeah, believe it or not, we had success before we met you, Joe. If we hadn't, am- you would have never met amazing. us. You would have never met us if we hadn't had success. Well, they could
2: have brought me on because your show was so bad that they needed to get the ratings up. but I'm quite surprised that you guys were actually half decent at your jobs.
1: Radio was more heartless than the G League. <laughs> They'd have
2: fired us without a thought, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very impressed. I'm very proud of you guys. Well,
1: we're proud of you and you bring up the word dad. Congratulations (laughs) are in order judging by what we've seen on social media. Congratulations. Thank you very much.
2: Uh, Exciting, tiring times ahead.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Joe, if your wife is pregnant, you're obviously not practicing social distancing.
2: Well, if... Yeah, it's funny because we obviously um, put it out there yesterday and it was... Obviously, you never publicly announce something until it's the right time. Obviously, with pregnancy is is a big thing. So um, if anyone out there... And lots of people try to do the math and no one got it wrong. Everyone um, had a little guess and everyone trying to be funny you thought they'd said oh quarantine baby blah blah, blah. if you do your maths and you know when you are actually allowed to announce um, oh not allowed when it's safe to announce a pregnancy go do your math and come back and, and have another shot at guessing because everyone was wrong so it was definitely pre-quarantine that's my
1: okay <laughs> Doing the math, actually, you'd come up with roughly Valentine's Day because typically you wait through the first trimester, oh. three months. So, Valentine's Day, Joe. Uh,
2: no, wrong again. Yeah. <laughs> People also, that was the other guess. The other guess was the other, the other, I'm not that romantic. <laughs> that was the other guess was um, it was obviously pre quarantine because of the timing um, and everyone was saying All Star break, which. I don't even know when that is. Start February, um, which is also wrong. So you guys can keep guessing, but all you need to know is <laughs> the baby's healthy and obviously we were comfortable announcing, so whatever week you think that is, good luck to you guys. But it was not all it was not quarantine.
1: Okay, so uh, my wife and I have two kids, and we have talked to people who have. Thank you. Uh, we have talked to people who have three, and yep. I have uh, friends and relatives who are a little older, and and they had kids first, and I had a friend of mine explain, and he ended up with uh, three kids, and he said the first one is life changing because everything. Everything about your life, the timing and how everything works, when you're responsible for a young life, the timing of everything changes. He says the second one is not that big a difference. He said the third one, you're outnumbered. Now, have you been told that by friends, you're outnumbered, your life is really going to change?
2: Well, we kind of skipped a part of that because yeah. we went from zero Twins. to two. So we didn't really have like a first hours went like you said on the when you go from zero to one the whole like obviously the kid comes first or the for us the kids and um, so for us it's we've we've known nothing but having two kids we've we've never known what its feel like feels like to to nurse one child or to just be changing one child's bum or like whatever you have to do carrying like carrying one child we whenever we went somewhere we had a kid each like no matter where we went we we always had one each, and um, I have no doubt that three will <laughs> will change things dramatically, um, but we're obviously pretty lucky with the kids we've got. Nilla's um, be really, really hoping that she's having a sister. <laughs> she, she's fully aware of kind of what's going on, and um, we were pretty hesitant to tell her at the start we, when we first kind of found out, because we weren't sure if she'd go back to school and if she went to school, she'd tell everyone and Renee obviously wouldn't have been anywhere near the safe spot to kind of announce it or anything. Um, Jacob's actually been really cool with him. He doesn't probably really realize that Renee's got a a kid inside of her belly, but he's, she's got a little bit of like a, a, a bump on her, on her stomach, but he's gone up a few times and like kissed her stomach randomly and stuff like that. So, um, he understands when we tell stuff to him. He just doesn't show the emotion or say, say the, the same things that Miller would. So, um, yeah, we're pretty lucky that we'll have um, two, well, a bigger brother and sister for whatever we end up having, a boy or a girl. And, um, yeah, three will be a lot harder than two, I'm, I'm sure.
3: It's always fascinated me about human behavior and how some people are more open than others. And you guys, you and your wife, certainly in our community, I don't know if it would have been in another community or if you would have stayed in Europe or stayed in Australia, whatever it might be. It, it but in ours, in you're very really open about your... Yeah, yeah. It's interesting as to how come you are the way you are in terms of uh, not totally being an open book, but you're sharing your life with the public. Why do you think that is?
2: Um I think a big part of it was was the stuff with Jacob. I think um, before we had the twins we I mean, like you'd obviously you post everything every now and then and, and for us especially more for me, but when it, and obviously Renee spent a lot of time overseas with me too. Um, it, it's hard to stay in contact all the time with your, your family and your friends and stuff like that. You obviously have to, uh, like I've got a group of guys that I, I talk to all the time. But apart from that, you don't really, like I got a lot of ex-teammates and friends back home, guys I went to school with, whatever it is that I don't talk to every day. But they they still want to follow your journey and they 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 reach out and, and say good game every now and then. And obviously for me, um, to kind of just put something out there or um, or post something, it gives a, it gives. Obviously, not only, like you said, the, the Utah fans and then other fans around the world, but it gives our family and friends a, a pretty quick insight to, oh, this is what they're doing. The kids look good. They're healthy. Whatever. They look tired. Whatever, whatever the situation is. And then um, I think it did change a little bit with, with Jacob's stuff because it became, it, it was, and we've talked about this, like the, the, Back and forth of whether we came public with it or not, or just dealt with it behind closed doors, was um, something we didn't take lightly. We went back and forth a lot about it, and we just kept coming back to the fact that if if our story can help someone else, even if it's one person, and obviously with reach and um, kind of sporting platform or whatever, we can. We knew it was going to get out there and probably reach more people than that. That if we could help other people through that and through um, like a tough situation like that then then we were doing the right thing and like i said when we first put that story out um a couple of years ago now it was we were blown away with how many people responded and and like i said like we we didn't do it for support of us like we we know we can get through it like it's it's not easy and we have just as many bad days as, as everyone else does and we've had our ups and downs and, and everything else but um if we could help other people through it, 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 it was going to be the right reason to, to do it. And we, we did it. And um, uh, I guess um, Jacob's wife and his, his story is, has helped us become, I guess, more public, like you said, to be able to be comfortable to share and, and his progression and his, his like I said, his, his bad days and his good days. So, um, yeah, it's not easy. I think everyone's different. I think everyone, we've talked about it before, like I'm the only public NBA player that's come out with a, a kid on the spectrum and um, to you know, like I, I don't wish it upon anyone really but I guarantee you that there's somebody else but obviously they've chosen to deal with it in, a, in another way and that's totally fine um, and everyone everyone does their own decisions so um, we're also lucky like you said Utah communities accepted us from day one and um, yeah we try to be as open as we can with this situation.
1: So I thought I heard you say no when PK brought up Europe. Would you have been on a different country, a different continent? Would you have handled this differently?
2: For sure. Um, first and foremost, we wouldn't have had the support of the club like we, we have with the Jazz. And that's not I'm not bad-mouthing European teams, but, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's a lot harder to, to go through something as uh, like the autism game and, and everything's translated and they're trying to interview me in Spanish or whatever it is it's just a lot harder and um, like I said I I played for some some great clubs in Europe and they were great looking after the players and and whatever but um, I just don't think it would have been the same I think for ourselves we would have announced it and like I said done it for the reasons of helping other people but I don't think we would have had the the support of the club like the Jazz and the Millers and Dennis and Steve Starks and Quinn and and all these guys Um, the support that they've given us and and then you obviously go to the the community and how amazing they've been and um, supporting us supporting the Jazz supporting the autism game the the little things we've done fundraising wise to, to help other families and and kids and therapy centers and blah, 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 it's it's been pretty amazing. So um, if it was Australia, I think it would have been similar. Uh, Obviously, like I said, we're we're very lucky that we're a part of an organization like this that that, that wants to help um, their players and their their own individual um, kind of passions.
3: Are you taking advantage of this opportunity to get into the practice site?
2: I haven't been in, no. (laughs)
1: What I I don't think you made that decision lightly. What went into it?
2: Yeah, a lot. Um, Obviously, the secret of of Renee being pregnant is is a big part of it. And um, it's funny because I've done interviews and people have asked me about going into the facility because they opened whatever a couple of days ago. And. Obviously, I haven't been able to, to say about Renee um, Quinn and the Jazz. knew a couple of the people there knew because of obviously they were asking us and whether we wanted to go in or not. And um, like I said, from day one of this happening, um, that OKC game for, for me, the, the first priority is, is my family and um, Jacob's immune system and, and what what can happen potentially to him. And, and now, obviously, with Renee being. Um, very early on in a a pregnancy. To to, to risk that and to risk Jacob Jacob and obviously Miller as well, Um, to me it's not worth it. Um, I've got a gym. I've got everything I can do. Obviously, basketball-wise is a bit more difficult, but um, I think as we go along and find out more information and and keep learning about this whole thing, I think it'll it'll make a decision easier, but there's no way I'm willing to risk... my my children and Renee and and all that to to go and shoot a basketball. So, um, they've, 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 they've made measures obviously to go in there and all that pretty dramatic in terms of the, the, it's, it's a full on process. I went through the process to see, um, what it was like. And it's, it's, it's pretty in depth. So I think, um, come the right time, I'll I'll obviously go in there and and start getting, get ready. But, um, yeah, I think we, we need a bit more information on whether we're going to play or not, and then um, I think my decision will be be made after that because it's it's hard. I'm not, I'm, like I said, from day one of OKC, my priority was the kids and, and Renee, and I'm, I'm not willing to risk that to, to go and shoot a basketball. So, um, yeah, my family comes way before that.
3: What's the time frame for an NBA player who goes inactive like you guys have been to get out of basketball shape how quick does that occur um it, it,
2: it, to, to lose to get out of shape completely is, is really hard obviously we we can lift and ride and ride. i've got um lucky, like i said we've got we've got a full gym and treadmill bike weights squat rack, bars, we've got everything here. So I can, in terms of that fitness, I, I don't think I would have lost much at all. Um, in terms of basketball fitness, um, probably majority of it in terms of the quick sprints and the, the stuff like that, we, we can do intervals on the treadmill for a 10-second sprint or a 30-second sprint or, or whatever it is. Um, but there's nothing like the, the basketball side. So no, I think, I mean, I've never probably had this much time I don't I don't think anyone would have really had this much time away from the game but um, over a couple week period of, of playing and getting back in there I think you can you can get a back uh, especially guys like I like I've played since I was five years old like you you, you don't completely lose it so if you didn't ride a bike for eight weeks you wouldn't just completely forget how to ride the bike you, you you'd get back on and it would be Pretty natural, so I think getting out there will be pretty natural, um, and then you build that fitness up over a couple of weeks. I think for, for us, I don't know what they would do, but anywhere from like two to four weeks, individual stuff and team stuff. I, I think you can you can be pretty ready to to play again, and that's obviously speaking from no experience or no professional um, opinion because I don't study that stuff, and I'm not a coach, I'm not a strength coach or a fitness coach, but. Yeah, I think anywhere from kind of two to four weeks, you could could definitely make it work.
1: You know, in previous conversations, uh, I I don't think you were all that – you didn't say anything definitive, I don't think, but you also weren't all that excited about – restarting the season and being in a hotel for two or three months, depending on you know, what the season looks like and how far you advance in the playoffs and all that stuff. Uh, now that we know your wife is pregnant, that would kind of inform us a lot of what you were thinking. Do you want to spell any yeah. more of that out about what you're thinking? And There's a baseball player, and I don't know that you follow baseball at all, but he doesn't want to play um, if they play a shortened season, and I don't know how far you've gone down that road mentally and with the club.
2: Um, I, I haven't gone down that far with the club, obviously, because um, we we are still so so unknown, I guess, about this whole situation and whether we are going to play or not. Um, that was uh, yeah, like you said, that was the hardest part. It was uh, obviously Renee and I knew what was going on, but but no one else did. Um, and I'd get asked all these questions, and people would write to her on social. Like there was a million things, but we we obviously couldn't really be be that open about it at that time and, um, I mean it would be a, a really hard like really hard decision for me to, to, to pack up and leave for a couple months when Renee's pregnant um, she's well on her way pregnant obviously the kids um, are here full time because we're, we're not doing anything Jacob's still doing therapy Monday to Friday in home uh, with, with one therapist that's been with him kind of the whole time and um, mm. So we have that every morning from 9 to 12. We, we've obviously got Miller. Um, Renee's had kind of good and bad days with, with sickness and stuff like that, and tiredness, and, and everyone knows, well, the, the women know how how much it affects your body and your fatigue. And uh, I think that's the, the biggest thing we've learned this pregnancy is, is the first one we could, if Renee was tired or not feeling well, we could just kind of lay down and, and relax for the day where, Regardless of how she's feeling We've got two kids that are pretty active And and don't want to just sit around So um, For me to to leave her with them And uh, we've got some help um, Which is great And it's great for for Renee If if I did decide that I I should go And had to go Um, But it's still not having Dad around for for the kids And and for Renee So um, Yeah it would be I mean once we kind of make that decision and um, I think everyone now will probably understand a little bit more of why I think the way I think during this period um, but <laughs> Miller's looking through the gym window about to bang on the window if you hear anything really loud um, but yeah that's that's why it's been a, a hard decision so when, when we come to that time of, of the league saying yes or no and if it's a yes then Obviously, the next step will be to speak to the team and to, to the Jazz and, and see what the best option is. And um, Obviously, I don't want to leave my team out to dry and, and not play, but um, they know, and I think everyone that's got kids would feel in a very similar way that, that their families are going to come first. So, um, Yeah, we'll just have to see what happens with that decision um, once the NBA makes the decision
3: you think it's harder on quarantine players here for the foreign guys to be in this country as opposed to their home country? 100%. Um,
2: And I don't think it's – like, even if we had a player that was from Utah, it's like they're not going to be going out to see their friends every day and have barbecues and and be doing the same thing as they would be doing. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's different to – very different to being at home. It's just not you, you're in a foreign country, you're not with your your family and friends close. And, um, it's just different. It's we, We'd made the decision to stay regardless. We'd thought about going home, but obviously we'd made the decision to stay because one, because Australia's going into winter, the, the weather's a lot better here and stuff as well, um, and the kids with with Jake's therapy and stuff like that, it's just, it wasn't the right decision to, to go home. So, um, I, well, yeah, like I imagine, like Boyan's probably sitting here thinking, why the hell is he here? Why isn't he, why isn't he in Croatia with his family or friends and being close to people? But, um, yeah, it was, I mean, originally we didn't really get much information on whether we were allowed to leave or not. I think some guys did anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not, it, it's just a, I don't. It's just a weird situation for everybody. I think. I think like you guys and regular people, people from Utah, people from like it's just a very different situation for everyone that we're all kind of learning as we go.
1: Well, Joe, we appreciate a few minutes as always. Congratulations on uh, on kid number three. And are you going to name the kid David or Patrick if it's a boy?
2: I will one hundred percent promise you that we did not call any of those names okay what about we actually got a fair we've got a fair idea of a boy's name already we've got no idea if it's a girl um, so we'll uh, we are a couple that likes to find out that information we don't want to have I don't want to be sitting especially in quarantine and trying to think of two, like I'll go crazy trying to think of two different names for the whole nine months or whatever so um, we'll find out when the time's right and um, I'm sure we'll let everyone know and will not take any suggestions of names, so don't worry about sending them through. <laughs> okay,
1: well if you name the kid Dennis, we're gonna assume you're just sucking up for another contract.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's probably the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs>
1: we'll put it on the list. It's a short list, oh, but it's on man. the list.
2: That's why you want that's why you sports show the decade. <laughs>
1: there it is. All right. Thanks, All Joe. Right. Thanks, guys. Speak All right. Up. Joe Ingalls, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, DJ and PK, we'll get you up to speed on everything you missed in this show. Coming up next, DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees you the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st Century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net.
0: From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. There's probably going to be a season in doing games with no fans. I think Fox and these networks have to put crowd noise under us. I know they'll do it. It's pretty much a done deal.
1: All right, we're getting a laugh track from sitcoms for sports. How about that? Just hope they're <laughs> games to put crowd noise under. wonder how annoying it'll be. Agreed.
3: Annoying, no. If you have a game, you could put chickens roosting. You could put uh, whatever you want, garbage cans being dumped into garbage cans. You could put fingers, fingernails on a chalkboard, and if I'm watching a game, I'm okay. Okay, then let's just have 30
1: seconds of tape cut for every home team so when they score a touchdown, you just cut to you know Lambeau Field going nuts and people wearing cheeseheads and green jerseys jumping up and down. <laughs> Why not? Fine. Fake the whole thing. Ready, go. Who cares? It will be as long interesting. As I'm watching live competition. Right. We've been without it for a couple months. We're all going to run and embrace it when it comes back. Yeah. If not yeah. all of us, enough of us. I mean, that's that's clear. Watching the the Jordan stuff is old, and yet it's new. So the interviews are new, so we'll watch that. And uh, some of the video is new, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. We had Craig Bowlerjack on earlier this morning. Um, what can Stockton say that won't be a total... Uh, I mean, he didn't want to be part of a puff piece, so there must be something negative. I mean, is he going to talk about how hard it is to beat Jordan when he gets extra points on three-point calls and three-point shots and uh, shot clock violations? Stockton wasn't a big complainant about the ref guy, but I'm trying to think what else it would be.
3: Oh, it's obvious what he's going to say. He's going to say, if I had better teammates, I'd have hardware. Seems unlikely.
1: Well, we
3: could always hope for Monday's show. That would be
1: great. How about if he just looks to the camera and says, Sure, I'm bagging on Carl, but not just Carl. Hornacek, toughen up. Tag, I'm not even talking about it. You hey, know, Keith. Just go, down, yeah, just go down the roster. Just put everybody on blast.
3: Come on, Russell. You should have known he was going to use his left hand to give you some space. What's wrong with you?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'll be interested to see uh, see what he says. Uh so uh and Yock is working on something, and I don't want to say what it is because I don't want there's other radio show producers in this town who might be, but Yock, it's genius. It's genius, Yock. If we get this interview next week, it'll be good because I'm already formulating a list of questions. We're working on it. Yuck. I don't often compliment Yock. It's way more fun to beat him up. But I appreciate in this that. instance I'm gonna make an exception. All right, you got a, uh, you got a brush with greatness. What do you got? You have great brushes with greatness. I have, this is we were talking earlier about stories, because you told the outdoor story and I had the one about the Mangelson gallery and all that. Your brushes with greatness annihilate my. I've had a couple, but you've had multiple awesome ones that annihilate my stories. And now you got another one?
3: Well, it's not me, it's a friend of mine, which makes it better. No. Ah. Okay. So, friend of mine, friend to of mine tells me this story, and he's down in uh, Southern Utah, doing you could do some work down there, obviously remotely, and and so he's down there, and he goes and picks up some uh, barbecue for his uh, wife and for him to have for dinner, right? And so there's this. Big bench outside, and we've all seen this. They bring the food out to you now. You know, you call in for the takeout. Mm-hmm. They bring it out to you so you don't go in the building, right? And uh, so he sits on this long bench outside the the, 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 the restaurant, and the guy comes up to him, sits down, or go, walks up to the door, and, and I, I guess it's like the, the place closes like at seven o'clock or eight o'clock or some some in the evening, and it's like a minute or two before. And so he looks and sees that it's closed. My buddy says to the guy, he says, "Oh, they just literally just shut the door thirty seconds ago, so you might be able to get in your your order." And uh, so he looks in the door, the guy somebody comes to the door. The guy says to my buddy, he says, Oh, I, I yeah, I recognize it's uh some high school kids working in there. It's uh, one of my guys that I had in uh in school. I know the kid. So the guy opens it, takes the order, well then the other the 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 celebrity dude sits down on the bench and is talking to my friend and he's it's just they're just he's just talking about life and whatever and he starts talking about sports And my buddy Says to him The guy starts talking about football And turns out he's a high school coach In the area That's what he was saying That it, my students uh, mm-hmm. recognize my players And my buddy's talking to him And says man the guy's super friendly And my buddy says You know you look really really familiar to me and, But I can't put my finger on it What's your name? The guy says Gary Croton Ha <laughs> Nice, <laughs> And Gary does live down in the St. George area. My friend just was raving, and they talked there for because they were both waiting for their orders, so they talked about ten minutes. He said the guy couldn 't have been friendlier. Gary couldn't have been friendlier. And uh, when he said Gary Croton and my friend, said, oh, yeah, yeah. And he said that Gary was totally humble about it, Uh, didn't big-time him and, you know, act like he was all that. And I said, well, my experience, you know, Gary obviously struggled as a coach, but my experience as Gary as a person uh, was really a a really good man. And I had seen him in some situations. I mean, after one big Bitter loss. I think it was the Vegas loss, where they threw for uh, like 400 passes, and Curtis Brown had 200 yards on four carries or something, uh, something ridiculous like that. And they lost the game. Four carries. <laughs> it was, he did average. Like, I think he averaged he averaged like yards, point carry eight yards yeah. a carry. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To the point where one of the coaches went over and apologized to uh, Curtis Brown's fa- uh, father for not giving him the ball enough. Literally, that happened. And But anyway, after we do the media and Gary walks out of the room, a bitter loss. You know, you have no business losing to you on LV, and the way you lost it was ridiculous. Uh, but And then Gary's daughter was standing outside the interview room with a friend, and I watched Gary go up to her and just treat her... Right after the most difficult loss, like uh, that was her his only child and she was the prodigal daughter or something. I mean, he just treated her so marvelously. And I always thought Gary Croton obviously had struggles coaching that football team. But as a person, was really good. I had the uh, the situation where you know he and I didn't. We weren't uh, best of buddies, obviously, because I would ask tough questions. And if you're losing, and Channel Two did me no favors by playing that one question over and over again for like 32 times over the course of a 48 hour weekend, we did. Too, where we he did and I favor. got into it.
1: We did you a favor.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: we did. Not in your relationship with favor. him, but established you in the community as a smart guy who would ask the I was, question. Well, everybody wanted asked
3: i had covered majerus for 10 years at that point so i was well into whatever i'd built was already built uh but thank you anyway you're welcome uh, but uh he was after he left he went and we became the coordinator at oregon and they played uh byu in a vegas bowl right i think they did and we were at a function where everybody was there and Gary saw me and came over to me and shook my hand and treated me so so pleasantly so no matter what I thought of him as a coach, and, he, and actually he taught me a ton of football because I watched a game with him, and he was breaking it down, and he broke down on his grease board one time for me the, the whole idea of various coverages that the defenses have, Tampa 2 and you know all that stuff, the cover 2, cover 4, whatever it might be. And he had it on the board, and he, he wasn't doing it in an arrogant manner. He was just teaching me to understand the coverages better, and he had everything putting up there. And I watched a football game with him one time, at a hotel, and he was he was calling the plays just based on the formations that he saw. I mean, Tony Romo gets a ton of run, but I tell you, Gary Croton could do that in a heartbeat, the way to, Tony, as far as predicting the plays. Uh, so I always thought, of, as a, a knowledge of football and as a person, top of the line.
1: PK, I can add on to that. Uh, the Provo River Parkway Trail runs through Provo Canyon, pretty th- popular trail down there in Utah County. So the summer that Gary Croton got hired, so we're talking before the 2001 season, my younger brother and I were actually riding on this trail. I'm not sure my brother actually remembered this story, but I remember it vividly. Riding along, we'd stop to take a water break on that trail, and then this guy rolls up and sits on the same bench as we start to talk. He says, yeah, my name is Gary Croton. I'm the new football coach at BYU. He sat there and talked with us oh, for football. over an hour, just about everything football life. We were interested in what he was going to do with the Cougars. He wouldn't remember it, but he spent over an hour sitting on that bench talking football with my brother and I. DJ and PK brought to you apart by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMdeals.com. Your feedback's coming up next. And it's all Almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started.
0: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kurt Heelan, pro basketball talk at NBCSports.com.
3: All right, we've asked you a scale of one to ten. So you were a six into the first month of lockdown. Where are you at now? Eight and a half, maybe nine.
0: Like I can certainly draw up some frightening scenarios that just kind of blow the thing up. But at this point, there is a real motivation among players, among ownership, and league staff to find a way to do this. Look, if Adam Silver learned one lesson from David Stern, it's don't make a decision until you have to make a decision. Yeah. Like gather all the info you can, take all the time you can if you're in that spot. So if that's why you're hearing now he's not going to make a decision for two to four weeks. So I'd be surprised at this point if it's not happening, you know, if there's not probably a bubble in Las Vegas and a bubble in Orlando, East and West, and then they go from there. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ PK, I think the NBA should sell 50,000 Skype tickets to their game. Let people get on Skype, mic up, and pipe their sound into the game and for the TV audience. Then they could censor them, too, because they'd know who the idiots were. There are no bad ideas, PK. That came in from Dwight. That's Dwight right there. Throw everything up against the wall. Give it a try. You never know. You don't. We got people tweeting at us today. We were discussing top five NBA players. ESPN put out a big list. Uh, Jake says number one, MJ, number two, LeBron, number three, Kobe, number four, Magic, number five, Kareem. Poor Lakers only got four of the top five. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Bill Russell sitting over there going, don't my 11 titles count for something? They should. Kobe at number nine, and especially directly behind Tim Duncan, is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Brian Phillips sending that one in. He's a big Aggie fan.
3: Why? What, good or bad? What are we talking about?
1: I think he means bad, but i got to admit I can't 100% guarantee you that. He thinks Kobe is better than Duncan.
3: Uh, subjective. I don't necessarily have a problem with that.
1: Uh, there is a, uh, uh, Brent says, I don't know how Wilt is left out. And Snowman says, uh, he was more tall than good and a product of his era. He wouldn't even be a top five big man in the last 25 years. And you and Brent are on the same page. Brent comes back with, disagree, period. <laughs>
3: I am convinced I've said this universally. stars of old times, as the game has changed, they would adapt. Stockton would have way more points, way fewer assists, but who cares in the final analysis as long as you're winning ball games. so he would shoot the three more, way more yep. than he did, and he would be one of the better, if not the best three point shooters. I could go on and on uh, Jerry West. Well, you know, they he didn't really the have race. point guards, two guards back in those times. But he would, if he needed to be more of a point because of his size, that's exactly what he would be. The, the, the true stars of the game, they would adjust as the game became different from error to error. I mean, you look at the adjustments that stars made during the course of their playing time. You know, Carl Malone being able to hit the face-up jumper as he got older. We know Jordan did that as he got older. Those guys made adjustments as they were playing, as their bodies aged and they got older. So surely they would make adjustments. I mean, Wilt might not average 50 and 25. I understand that. But to say that he wouldn't be a top five center uh, today, can you even name top five centers? You get to four and five, and you're stretching the list, aren't you? Yes.
1: Uh, I think the thing that he would clearly do, even if he doesn't do 50 and 25, we can sit here and argue, would he do 40 and 20? Would he do 30 and 15? Because basically Shaq did 30 and 15, and the whole league stopped. Shaq owned it for those three years on top in L.A., and he, he scared the you-know-what out of people what as Yacht reaches for the dump button. <laughs> Easy, DJ. <laughs> Down, boy. It may uh, be 9.55, he, but we still can have a meeting. Right, yeah. he scared people for, what, eight, nine years? I mean, if you just go with his finals appearances, the first time he went to the finals was 95, and he won a title in 06. So, yeah, the three-year run is the best of Shaq, but everything from 95 to 06 is pretty awesome. That's, that's a 12-year run of being really elite. And, and 30 and 15 is about yeah. the best he did. So you take Wilt's 50 and 25, and there's no doubt he was bigger than everybody, and he got a lot of points because of that. But just watching clips of him, you can see his athleticism. And the guy was a high-level volleyball player. I mean, this, this guy could play multiple sports at a high level, and I know the size helps in volleyball too. But he can run, he can jump, he can cut, he can spin. I mean, the footwork, you know, the, you see some of the moves he made, spinning around the hoop and all that. And obviously, who's the center who has the best footwork? I mean, do people always go to Akeem? Right, Akeem was really good, but you see some of the stuff Wilt didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have done if he had to, but because he was taller, you know, he could spin and finger roll over a guy or dunk over a
3: guy. Well, rim protection and rebounding unto itself is an important aspect of the game. So you have to be a decent rebounding team for no other reason he could do that. And you take take a look at somebody like Shaq. There's not a center averaging 30 and 15 in today's game. And I would argue it's because there's nobody out there who's good enough. But if you had Shaq today, just take, take Shaq of 2005, place him 15 years later, I think that whoever is coaching that ball club with Shaq, they take advantage of his game. Maybe they don't shoot as many threes. Locke, who's missed our three-point shooter, said the best shot is the dunk, the the, the dunk, right? Just simply the dunk. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so you're going to take that. You're going to take a dunk over a three-pointer unless you're down by. 2 or something and you you don't want to go into overtime whatever it might be and other than that you're going to take it so i think those the great players then the coaches would figure out ways to make sure that they're as effective. And maybe they're not as effective specifically in the same statistics that they were as effective when they played, but there's other ways to win ball games just by rather than one individual having a statistic because it's still a team game, so he could use his uh, Shaq or whomever to the uh, best of their ability to help the team as opposed to the individual getting the stats.
1: Last word before we go, Pat Forty tweeting out that Akron has announced it's cutting men's golf, men's cross country, and women's tennis. Sign of the grim times, Pat Forty tweets out. So there's one school eliminating yeah. three sports, and it's not the last we're going to hear of that. I think that's pretty clear. The only question is you know, how deep are the cuts going to go? Are we going to see entire athletic departments cut? It is everything. Uh, but that's a topic for another day. We'll see where this goes, but Akron dropping three sports right now. DJ and PK, we're out of here, and Hans and Scotty are up next. Stay with us.